welcome everyone to the Screamcast episode 79. I am Sean DeRager and with me is Brad Henderson. Yo! In the background you may hear some Mickey Mouse and my three-year-old son Noah. Say, Noah, say hi. Hi! <laughs> Good boy. Nice. He's going to be chilling in the background, so of course... Uh, Family-oriented never podcast, know. that's what this is. I will be, if I will be using like <laughs> supplement swear words like fudge and dagnabbit, now you know why. Although I t- did tell a lady in the store the other day to fuck off in front of my kids, so... Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. She was a bitch. Um, she was a bit telling me how to raise my children, so I told her to fuck off, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so that was warranted. Let, um, me, let, me, let, me, talk, let me talk to her. <laughs> I'm sure you would have had more to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, if you look, if you see someone yelling at their kids, the kids fucking deserved it. I mean, sorry, fudging deserved it. And so just no, keep on no, walking. Well, I mean, not, not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> but I think, I think you can walk around and you can see a parent what they're doing and then you can assess the situation. Right. Whether they're being dickheads or not, if you're a good parent exactly. yourself. Yes. Cause there's plenty of times where I walk by and I'm like, good for that. Good for that adult. They're like taking, taking the initiative and telling their kid to sit the fuck down or, you know, they're going to get in trouble. And other kids just roam around the aisles and stuff like that, throwing shit in the store. Exactly. Parents are just walking around where they are. And then they start screaming at them higher and higher. And they're not listening. Well, of course, because they don't listen to you to begin with. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – but anyways, I unless it is being abuse, I don't think anybody should ever interfere because – you have your own, you know, parenting yeah. methods. Well, like if I had the kids, uh, some like better, some are better, some are. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you're, if you're was, torturing, it's like yeah, torturing <clears throat> or beating my children. By all means, uh, call the cops and step in. Stop, stop, stop me! <laughs> stop, please stop me! <laughs> but if, if I'm I ever do it, stop me! Yelling at my kids uh, who are acting like insane animals. Um, keep on walking, because I'll move to you next, motherfucker. All right. Uh, today oh. we are have we are uh, Brad. You are going to be running down your experience at Fantastic Fest. So yeah, we will do that. Yeah, I'm going to in... give the whole for for people that don't know because a lot of things is uh, a lot of people just probably hear about Fantastic Fest and it's like all oh, it's about movies. But kind of want to give the overall experience for cool. people because too many too many websites and too many uh, critics just focus on the films. It's just a big portion of what what's there but um it's kind of an it's a whole experience in itself so i I would like to go over all that cool uh before we do that let's jump into uh what's on our doorstep holy cow i almost forgot we'll get the door (laughs) oh yeah oh here i'll go i'll go quick Wait, are you, who's going first? I don't care. You you can go. Go by all means, good sir. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do mine real quick because um, I'm just doing all horror films. So um, this month, so that's what I'm watching. Uh, first up, I watched um, a Christmas horror story, which is ambitious. I give it I give it credit <laughs> um, for that. Um, it's it's. As it's an anthology, of course, and it intertwines with stories 
and it tries to do the whole Krampus thing, but just doesn't achieve it fully, I feel. Uh, most of the stories, I think, fall pretty short of what they're trying to achieve or be scary. Um, just kind of overall let down. Uh, it's very dry. Uh, the, the oddest thing about it is I really do not like William Shatner. I don't like anything he's in. I don't think he's funny. I'm not a Star Trek person, but this whole like William Shatner being a comedian now, I just don't find it funny. But he's a fucking riot in this movie. Like I could literally watch an hour and a half of him being this talk show host because nice. he's so fucking good. And it's very like <clears throat> he just like he gets into that flow and he's just he's super funny. Um, so anyways, uh, that that was that. It's cheap on Vudu. You can rent it. I think it comes out on Blu-ray soon. Um, the other film that I watched, I rewatched because I saw a rough cut of this a while ago, but I rewatched Lost After Dark. Um, hoping that it would uh, do something different. And um, it's one of those 80s throwbacks that just wants to be an 80s throwback for no particular reason. It's like, hey, I want to do a slasher. Oh, well, you know, that's kind of overplayed now. Let's not do that. Well, let me do it as a throwback. Cool. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of exactly how the movie is. Uh, it, it almost, you, hey, Noah, you try to get like past like, this corniness of the script and bad acting, you know, is he like a really bad beard in that too? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Or am I thinking of something else? Uh, well the, the killer, the main killer has kind of a beard. It looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that could be it. Um, but overall the movie's just like, it, it feels like not to criticize or, you know, really poke fun at, at filmmakers, but it seems that sometimes if you don't have the budget, the script or the actors might as well call your movie a throwback and kind of get away with it. <laughs> and that's what this feels like. And I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a really negative way because the movie's not bad. It's right. just, it's just very, very generic and bland. You know, it like if you want to throw it in with the other, you know, 50 throwback slashers that came out this year, it just falls, falls into follows suit with those and doesn't stand out. Um, huh. so anyways, that's lost after dark. Um, I got it around to uh, – I haven't watched uh, Bordello of Blood, but I got uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, Demon Knight, which I was super excited about because at many, many times uh, in the past year or two, I've been wanting to purchase uh, you know, Demon Knight from different countries. Uh, it's been out on Blu-ray. But I held out because I was like, you know, it's it's universal. You know, Screen Factory obviously has a deal with them. You know, this is going to come out eventually. So it did. I was <clears throat> super excited about it. Um, it's one of my favorite, favorite horror films growing up. Um, it was one of those that I went to the theater and I saw with my mom. And then, you know, I bought the tape when it came out and I just rewatched it, rewatched it, masturbated to it because, you know, there's a lot of boobies <laughs> in it. And, you know, it's just a really, really fun, like, you know, survival uh, horror film with a hell of a cast. I mean, William Sadler is so badass in this. Billy Zane is fucking like, it's amazing that Billy Zane was only like amazing in this movie. Like everything <laughs> yeah. else, Billy Zane is just falls really flat, but Billy Zane is fucking hysterical in this, in this flick. And he just, he carries himself in such kind of a psychotic, but hillbilly way. And it just, it's, it feels so right. You know, like everything comes together because of him. You know, he, he like steals the show for most most of the film. And it's it's unbelievable that Billy Zane, because obviously it's there, 
but I guess he's never had the opportunity to like to do more stuff like this or really express himself or use his abilities. I feel like he's only been, it's obvious. He's only been hired like a cast to really do like kind of the pretty boy, the pretty boy dick douchebag. You know what I mean? Yeah, really. and or, or I the, really think Billy Zane has some talent behind yeah. him. It's just he never really gets to you know, re- never really gets to show it. Uh, Jay Pickett Smith, who's not that great of an actress, I think, but she you know does a decent job in this. Uh, directed by Ernest Dickerson, who's obviously kind of, a, and this is a, almost like borderline black exploitation horror as well, being you know where Ernest Dickerson's coming from and kind of how the lead is Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, has a couple like urban uh, urban things to it, which I have uh, always enjoyed. I noticed that later on growing up, um, but it has of course Dick, Dick Miller who is, you know, always steals a show, uh, always has his screen time, and it's always a pleasure to see him. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church, who is one of my personally favorite actors, um, and he plays uh, the character Roach, who's just kind of a scumbag, and of course Thomas Hayden Church can play anything. Um, And uh, CCH Pounder, I don't know if you say Ch Pounder or if it's CCH Pounder, (laughs) but... (laughs) You, you'll recognize the name, but you'll definitely recognize the the woman. Uh, she's just this – I don't know. She always plays the authority figure in movies, and she's extremely intimidating. Um, I don't know. It's, it's another another woman I'm surprised who hasn't oh, had more her, roles okay. in her life. Yeah, it's, she's very recognizable. Yeah, she's and, been on everything. You know, it's, yeah, and it's always she, – like she's so assertive uh, in, in, in her movies, whether mm-hmm. what role she has – and um, always surprised that she never got like she always does minor things. She never had like a leading role, and right. I think she could carry a movie by herself uh, very very easily. And then of course uh, Brenda Back is in it. She plays um, Cordelia, which she's always been adorable ever since she's been in horror films since she was younger. Um, I just went through the cast of Demonite apparently, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but this is I. The special effects are decent. I, I listened to some of the commentary. Uh, some of the, some of the new, um, uh, kind of the behind the scenes stuff, uh, you know, the interviews and everything like that, just because I felt that the transfer was very subpar. Um, it definitely changes around the hour mark because it's very DVD ish when it starts, like the grain is just a little too much. The blacks are off. Um, and it's a very dark film. Uh, Could it just be the, uh, the whole... Did they remaster this, or or is it just did they get it? I'm pretty sure this is an old HD master. An HD master. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't say anything about a new transfer, okay. which it's Screen Factory, so I don't expect yeah. it to. Um, <clears throat> but the special features are good, so that makes up for it. But it's just kind of a depressing thing for Demon Knight not having kind of a new transfer or something new because it's Universal owns it. So obviously the prints there, you know, uh, Universal has always owned this film. It's Tales from the Crypt. You know, you you would think that, you know, you would get Donner and Walter and Hill all together. Uh, what <laughs> I said, Walter and Hill. <laughs> you get Hill, all those guys together, and they could have put a better package together. Right. I, I think for this, with, for visual uh, audio, it's decent. It's definitely remixed in five point one. It's loud, um, very loud movie. So, and you can hear everything. It's very bombastic. Um, however, just the transfers is really like very upsetting. 
Hmm. But I said it, it does change around the hour mark. You notice this whole new groove with it where it looks crisp and clean and all the blacks match up. There's no, there's hardly any grain and it's literally about the 50, 55 minute mark. Like it's that noticeable. Hmm. So it was, that was a little different for me, but anyways, definitely a decent pack. I know that people are still going to pick it up because of course it's fucking demon night. Um, Another Screen Factory title. This is one of their new, uh, um, one of their newer films because they obviously release. Uh, they're acquisitioning newer films. This one's called Gravy. Um, right, it's got Michael out, uh, Weston. This week. Oh, it just came out this week. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Michael Weston's in it. I'm, if you look him up, you'll definitely know who he is. I've always enjoyed him. He plays in this really cool movie, like around 2001, called Wishcraft. That I. Uh, that I really like, um, but it's uh, kind of a unique plot. It's just a these three people go in on Halloween night to this um, uh, Mexican restaurant, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna eat everybody in here." Um, so it's it's a comedy for sure, but it's uh, just three cannibals that hold people hostage and eat them through the night. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Sarah Silverman's in it, which you know she always brightens my day. She's she's up there on my list. But anyways, um it is um kind of a kind of a fun contemporary uh film. It it has its moments. Uh the soundtrack's really great. Um the songs that they pick to play. I guess it's from the people that do the show Psych. Right, so I think yeah. there's some kind of following from that. But um if you if it's cheap, I pick it up. It's 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 funny. It has moments for sure. Yeah. It's on my radar once it uh, kind of gets below ten bucks. Um, one of my favorite films of last year has finally come out on Blu-ray. It's called Alleluia. Um, it is a French film. It's based off uh, the same story the Honeymoon Killers is based off of. Um, just this uh, guy who goes around picking up women and then tossing them to the side. Uh, that's what he does in his daily life. Hmm. But he does it to a woman that truly falls madly in love with him. And she is like, you know, fuck this. I understand what you're trying to do, but let's do it together. Let's fuck over more people, you know? So they work together now in order to do this, but it is sexy. It is gross. It is grimy. It is full of murder and sex and more sex. And it has, um, the guy that plays is plays uh, Laurent Lucas. He plays uh, the main character, and he is so fucking good. Like I can't wait for this guy to be in more things. He was actually one of the Fantastic Fest movies I saw. He was in the remake of Rabid Dogs, and he's so freaking good. Um, but anyways, uh, definitely this is like filmed on sixteen millimeter too, and the Blu-ray is absolutely gorgeous because um, it's they definitely took the transfer from the the negative. Um, but it is by the director of um, uh, The Ordeal, which is also known as Calvier, and did a movie called Vinian. Uh, those two movies are extremely high on my list. Like, I truly love both of those movies. He creates this world that cuts itself off from the rest of the world. And the characters... You're so engulfed into these characters and, and every of his, all of his films, um, because they're just so, just 
the situations that they get themselves in the ordeal is basically this traveling uh, musician who breaks down in this like really podunk town and uh, this mechanic says he's going to fix his car, but it's going to take like three days. But he knows he finds out he's a singer and the mechanic's wife who is now deceased was a singer too. So he thinks that this is his wife that's come back, but the whole town being that she was a whore in the town Everybody thinks that this guy is this guy's wife. So everybody tries to fuck her. Fuck him. <laughs> it is such a bizarro movie. <laughs> but definitely, definitely really high up there. It's quite the ride. Uh, Vinyan's really good too. It's about a missing uh, a missing child of a couple. And they go into this journey to try to find him. And it just gets ultra, ultra weird. But Alleluia's right up there just being <clears throat> like it's unforgettable. Like it's so fucking good. Um, has a great musical breakdown um, during the film that's kind of out of nowhere. Um, spoiler alert, I guess. But yeah, de- definitely pick that up. I know it's a little expensive on DVD and Blu-ray, but it's definitely worth your money. And uh, last but not least, um, I have... I watched this today, and this movie really... I don't know. Like, I really want to rewatch. I watched uh, Toby Hooper's Eaten Alive, which is um, basically this guy who runs this hotel who has a basically friend as an alligator. Hmm. And <clears throat> it's hard to say because this is one of these psychotronic hillbilly movies that is just so batshit insane and being it's from toby hooper who is crazy himself <laughs> is is doing this film like i definitely the, i i wanted to watch the special features right away so i watched all the interviews with toby hooper and just solidifies the idea that he is insane like i pulled up this one interview as well not on the not on the blu-ray but just on youtube it's uh mick garris does this you know round table thing with horror directors and he says – he just says to Toby Hooper, he's like, you know, what's – you know, how, how do you come up with your ideas, you, you know, nightmares? He's like, oh, I love my nightmares. I just had a nightmare the other night where I had this like blue sludge in my hand and I put it in my head and that's where the nightmares came from. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> you know, but it's just like the special features. He's the same – he's just the same way. I mean the movie looks beautiful. It's got – it's very colorful. It's very odd choices of lighting. Um, but has it's, but it is that if anybody knows it, like psychotronic hillbilly horror, it's, you know, stuff like poor, pretty Eddie and psycho from Texas that this type of, uh, these films where it's, this just weird situations and, and, and weird, ultra weird things unfold. It's like, you keep asking yourself, why don't you just fucking leave? Like get in your car and go. Like, why do people keep coming to you? Why do people keep going here? Um, but I think that's part of the charm, but I also don't know if it's just part of Toby Hooper's like warped mind as well. So it's kind of hard to say, because we all hold Texas Chainsaw Massacre up there, um, as one of the greatest horror films, you know, ever made. And it is, I, I truly think it's, it's a great film. But what gives that movie so much adrenaline is the craziness. And honestly, I don't think that's intentional. I just think that's Toby Hooper being crazy himself. Um, and I think a lot of that emulates on to Eaten Alive, where you kind of see that same thing going for it. 
Um, and I imagine when people give Toby Hooper to make movies, this is how they turn out. When they look over his shoulder and help him, you get poltergeist, you know. But there's all that – there's that huge rumor that Steven Spielberg directed Poltergeist. And the more and more I watch Toby Hooper films, the more and more I believe that. Huh. Yeah. So such a very weird movie. I'm, I'm going to revisit it in a few months to see because it just – it really hit me off guard. It really felt like I was on drugs, <laughs> which I am because I'm sick. So maybe that maybe that had to do something. Could be. But anyways, that's, that's on my doorstep. Sweet. I don't know, dude, I don't know where you find the time to watch all this shit, man. After Fantastic Fest. Or was this leading up to Fantastic Fest? Uh, all this is after Fantastic Fest. God damn Fest. you, man. <laughs> I've been sick, man. Oh, that's right. You've had nothing yeah. but time. <laughs> so, I sorry you. for my congestion and clearing of my throat. It's all good. I got a, I got a couple. Uh, not too much. Um, I rented... Uh, into the grizzly maze because I was hoping to get to backcountry, <laughs> backcountry, whatever the next night. And uh, so I was like, "Well, let's let's watch Into the Grizzly Maze." Oh, it God. has uh, it has a pretty good cast, man. You know, uh, it's got a great cast. Um, but the CGI bear that movie, <laughs> they got James Marsden, so they got thick. Billy Bob Thornton, Thomas Jane, Scott Glenn's in this. I mean, you know, I mean, for all it's pretty. It's okay. It's generic. I know. I mean, I definitely it's noticed the CGI generic. bear. It's um the CGI. There's a, there's a couple sequences. A couple bad where shots. It looks like a cartoon. <laughs> um, I think I feel like they use a real bear in certain areas. Yeah, yeah, they did. But it's just there's just so much like CGI bear and just I don't know. There's just the movie's incredibly boring for as how intense it really should be. It seems. Yeah, yeah. It should be a lot more intense than it is. Um, it's okay. I like. I rented it. Um, glad I didn't buy it. The you can rent it in HD for all it's worth. Uh, you can rent it in HD. You cannot buy it in HD. Well, I think in I think in every other country it's on Blu-ray. And it's <laughs> I think it's I think it's titled The Red Machine. Right, but here they just said, Ah, screw it. <laughs> Slap this on DVD. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe they won't notice the bad CGI bear. I don't know, but, man. Um, it's... I mean, there's. I think there's plenty of shots where it just really takes you. There, like, there's this aerial shot with the bear at one point, where like the fires around it, and it's like, like heaving up in the air, and it just it looks so bad. Like, you, why do you even have that shot if you knew it was going to be that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough with these movies because it, it, you rely on you know people to. You know, like like with Jaws or any, any of these creatures movies, like all the older movies in the 80s and 70s, like they're, you know, yeah, they may, may be hokey in certain spots, but you believe that the people are in somewhat danger. Like, right, you, but you some believe animals it, but... look look real. I mean, oh, Jaws yeah. looks real. No, totally. The movie, no. I think the movie Jaws Grizzly looks, looks real. I mean, we have newer films like, you know, Blackwater, which is a killer crocodile yeah. movie. You have... You know, the reef, which is sharks. You have open water. Yeah. Um, you know, you have even backcountry where, you know, the bear, like Razorback, all these, yeah. and the breed, the breed even. I mean, we have. Oh, totally, yep. Like, I know you can't put a real fucking grizzly bear on set with actors, <laughs> of course. But there's, there's, from what history, we've watched plenty of movies that it's possible. You gotta find a way to either. I don't know. CGI animals are never the answer. I remember watching uh, the ring, 
the ring two and they have those cgi oh, the bur- the, um, deer, deer or whatever oh god dear god that's horrible and and no even in uh even in let me in or yeah uh let the right one in the cgi cats take you out of an otherwise pretty solid effects you know uh movie the the, the cats that cat scene i mean all these movies have these cgi issues but when you deal with like live animals for some reason or you even or even ghosts like um, mama is one that just that cgi just ruins any dread that that movie has but uh animals in particular i think are big ones that it's hard to do cgi and uh yeah uh you know into the grizzly maze it's probably going to be on netflix flicks at some point and if you're i don't know half drunk or on your way to getting drunk <laughs> throw it in i guess or if you need need yeah. something to help you fall asleep i mean the cast is really great all, everyone's yeah, trying everyone's trying hard yeah it's all just, the elements are there it just falls short because of the bear yeah like yep. they don't do enough with the bear and when they do it just doesn't feel right i mean they, they try with the gore like the gore is super um yeah. you know it, it they don't skimp on anything so so into the grizzly maze. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. it's okay. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was all right. So moving on here, um, I have been dreading the Poltergeist remake um, ever since ever since I heard about it. And I should have talked you into it. I gave it props. On well, the you show. Know, you you gave it props, but I still was kind of hesitant because um, you know Poltergeist is a fun film. You had given it props, and that kind of made me interested, but everything that I read about the remake was just, like, mean-spirited and just, like, it seemed like everyone hated it, um, and I just couldn't find anything at all positive about it, and then I saw the Blu-ray saying that it had an extended cut, um, but also there was, like, it's bare bones, no extra features at all, like, nothing, so I'm like, oh, shit, there, there's... Like no one's even none of the filmmakers are even uh did it did any sort of press package or or anything to to, to talk up the film so I uh, I broke down and bought it just because the extended cut really uh, I really wanted to, to check that out and I don't know um, I'm I'm foolish with my money and uh, figured what the hell I had bought Pompeii I might as well buy this and give it a shot so uh, anyway I, I sat down and watched the extended cut man I really and I and I really dug it. Like I thought, I thought that the um, are you there? Hello, hello. Yeah, I'm here. the The extended cut basically adds about eight to ten minutes in the front of the film, which is all the family, um, all the family oriented stuff, and which kind of helps you know bring out the family more and, and really you know you get to know these people. Because what I read was that everyone was just kind of cookie cutter type characters and there was no character development. Well, I mean, I haven't seen. The theatrical cut, so I can't really see what the differences were. But what I read was it was all at the beginning. I watched it. I really, you know, got into the characters. I got kids. They're all interested in technology and, and everything like that. You know, I, I mean, shit, my three-year-old's watching the iPad right now. And, like, that family dyna- dynamic really came through. And and and, uh, and then moving along into the film and the haunting starts happening, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it gets crazy. There's some kind of, you know, the effects aren't the greatest, but neither were the original effects. The original effects were optical, but they weren't that great either. Um, so as like, you know, as a remake, I think for me, it was one of the stronger remakes I've seen recently. And I, and I think since my kids, I think could relate to the kids in this film a little more, 
Um, I I want to watch it with them and kind of see what they think. But um, I dug it, man. I, I thought I thought it was solid. I don't really get the absolute hate uh, for the film because I've, I've I love because it's called Poltergeist. Well, that's why. Yeah, but it's it you know it that that it movie went along could have been called story. haunted. That movie could have been ha- called haunted in a house, and people would have liked it. Yeah, being it was called Poltergeist, it was doomed from the beginning because people didn't want to like it. I think that's the main problem with remakes and yeah. especially that. Because I watched it, and you know, I'm not a huge fan of the original Poltergeist. I think it's an okay movie. I don't think it's anything special. Um, but that's just me, which I know a lot of people love it. But with this one, it it's not that bad. But I think honestly, if they called it something else, everything would have been fine. Change the names of the characters and made it a Poltergeist ripoff. People would have liked it more than rather calling it Poltergeist and calling it a remake. It was doomed from the get go. Yeah, but I, but it was from the director of Monster House, solid cast, um, and like I, but I feel like they went along with the storyline of Poltergeist, and they did a few changes here and there, and that that, that weren't a remake. I mean, it, it definitely was a remake, and with yeah, the, no, the ghosts no, operating through electricity, like in the original, like I, I don't know, I, I, I thought it was okay. I seen some shoddy CGI here and there. I mean, if yeah, you know, I mean the, the world that he goes into is probably the only CGI yeah. that is really. Like kind of, ugh, man, yeah, that looks, that looks like, a little off. I but am legend, part, bad. Yeah, but dude, that whole drill sequence. Oh yeah, dude, fucking that's scary as shit. <laughs> you know, I was like, Willow was grasping my arm about cut off my circulation during it, and you know, I, I just think that the film does a lot of cool things, and it tries to tread some new ground, and it achieved it. Yeah, yeah, you I, got I, a good cast. I actually want to see the extended part because. You know, I think the movie all around was decent. I wasn't bored at all. I think the characters were decent, but if there's more character development, the family count me in. Yeah, it's just it's stuff with the kids, and it's all you know. It's all that I'm I'm sure that the studio said, "Oh, cut it, cut it, boring, boring, boring." But you know, it really does. It helps you kind of. You know, everyone was was complaining like, "Oh, this guy lost his job. Like, how does he afford his house?" It's like this house. It's like well idiots he sold his old house that he can't afford <laughs> and is buying a much cheaper house you know yeah it, uh, well that's 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 the simple thing is people, people people are, are just looking for reasons to hate thing. it right yeah. people are just looking to hate it just to hate it yeah like I, you could have made a they should just made a poltergeist sequel called it a new beginning and totally, they got away with totally it. yep give you it know? some tagline you're good to go and then, and then people would have been like oh it's a sequel to poltergeist well you know no more sequels but hey it's not that bad because <laughs> that always happens like oh it's a sequel <laughs> like you know if you remade like we have tremors five right now, I forgot <laughs> I to mention. Say. we have tremors five but if they remade tremors everybody have been in an uproar yeah now it's like tremors five it's like hey man a new Tremors movie coming out in like 2015. Isn't that great? But if it was a remake, people would be saying different shit. Yeah. That's um, just how it is. And people, that's why I always said people need to lighten up yeah. because remake, reboot, sequel, it doesn't matter. A movie's a movie. And like one of my favorite quotes ever was one of our uh, guests from Justin Beam. He said, no movie hurts another. And he's absolutely right. No movie yeah. does harm another. It's just a movie. It's there to watch. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some stuff in this that some sequences that, like you said, the drill sequence. I really love how they handled the the hands in the TV when she comes to the TV that first time. Like, I don't know, man. I you know, I wasn't. Of course, I wasn't scared. But you know what? My kids, when they see this, they're gonna be shitting their pants. I think. 
And that's what it's all about. You know, um, they're they're going to be scared. And my three year old actually walked in during the tree sequence, <laughs> and he yeah, was the like, "Tree sequence is pretty cool." And he was uh, very concerned about what was what was happening. And uh, he goes, "That's scary. I'm scared." And he and he then I so I pause it, and then he walks up and he goes, "Turn it on." So, <laughs> so you know, it was I don't know my three year old. Uh, has some horror leanings, I think. So we'll see where that happens. Uh, I got a cu- couple more here. Uh, so I was October rolls around. I'm, I fail every year to hit 31 horror movies, but I try. Um, so I did a list. I mean, I have 31 days of horror. These are all the movies, or 31 days of Halloween. These are all the movies I'm gonna try to get to. They're all not necessarily horror, and I had put the movie School Spirit on there. And I gave you shit. You get, but but I not thinking. I didn't think it was going to be as much a eighty sex comedy as it turned out it would be. It's I, was, I a figured there would be eighty sex comedy. I that's, figured there'd be some. Is. Well, yeah, it is. But I was figured there'd be some more supernatural stuff going on. This oh, stuff is God. like barely glazed over. You get oh he's a ghost and oh he can see naked chicks, you know, and oh he can turn it's himself. It's so real. good though. That's the thing is right, like, but, a really good movie. So as a Halloween film, you know, yeah, mild failure on my part. He, he's a ghost. Uh, there's mild. some wiggle room there. Um. So I wanted to kind of start off with something light, but, uh, you know, um, whatever. But as a standalone 80s, you know, at 80s sex comedy, I mean, it's goofy as shit. There's a ton of oh, TNA. Oh, it's so good. Um, oh. It's and, definitely one of the best, like, underrated sex comedies out there. It's really fucking yeah, it's, good. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, it, yeah. I well. watched, it was like a Roger Corman DVD. It's the, it was a pan scan or whatever, cropped or whatever. Dude, but the movie's good. But I don't know. I don't know if it was shot that way or not. But uh, but there are some uh, some good looking women in that in that. Yes. Uh, and so then I watched that. So the next night I needed to do you. I needed to. I needed redeem to Brad, yourself. I needed Brad to be proud of me. So I watched uh, the movie Housebound. Oh, which is uh, is it Australian or New Zealand? New Zealand, New Zealand. Um, I dug the hell out of this thing. It um, it started off kind of slow, and I didn't really know where this was going. It was like it's like marketed, or I don't know if it's marketed, but everything I read said it was in like a comedy. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, this isn't really a comedy. Like, there's some witty writing here and there, but this is definitely not a horror comedy. Um, but uh, it's a solid flick. It has twists and turns and just when i was kind of getting bored with it like oh god another haunted house movie because i just seen poltergeist um it starts twisting around and and really really smart riding and and just a fun ride um it was kind of a you know, the generic roller coaster of a movie uh, applies here but um I, I dug the hell of this thing and uh it wasn't like super dark but it's definitely not a comedy like what do you think uh people love it um, that's one film that I did not understand the love for. <laughs> um, I, uh, I didn't walk out of it because I was bored, but it played at fantastic fest last year. Mm-hmm. And I walked out because people like, like you said, like it really wasn't that funny, but well, it's people, not a comedy. people were knee slapping, like, really? l- ch- like chuckling at the top of their lungs laughing huh. within like the first like 20 minutes just hysterical and i was like you know what fuck this it was kind of like 
I can't like even pay attention. Shrug, like, oh, that's kind of humorous. Oh, that guy, yeah, you know, the, the writing. You don't, under, and, you don't understand the wow. ceiling down part of Fantastic Fest is that people have to amplify shit like that. <laughs> so I, I just walked out and I was like, I'll catch it on VOD, I guess, because that ruined it for me. <laughs> wow. But it's not that bad. Um, Willow fucking loved it. She thought it was hysterical. Yeah, it's another one that I think, like a young, like a younger, you know, older, older kid. Um, it's is it PG thirteen? I believe so. Yeah. But it was like PG thirteen without um, like cutting corners to get there, if you know what I mean. You, you know, like it's just a saw. Like this is an old fashioned PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, so yeah, Housebound, check that out if you haven't. I think it's on Netflix. So you might as well yeah, check it out. it's been on Netflix for a while. And uh, and then finally, I uh, I sat the kids down. It was time. My daughter is at that age. She's ten now, and she's really starting to ask me about horror movies and she's asking me about like Chucky and and um Annabelle and um I think she mentioned Poltergeist but then she saw Gremlins sitting up on my shelf and she was like dad what is Gremlins and can we watch it and I was like heck yes you can watch it so uh me and uh, my oldest two sat down and my son is uh very was very hesitant to watch it and um just seeing how Gremlins captivates um this age group 10 year old and 8 year old um was like just magic you know joe dante directed spielberg produced and it's like the movie doesn't start off with any scares at all the first like 40 minutes are just set up and very whimsical and very light and but slowly you know things start going a little more wrong a little more wrong until it's just mayhem up on the screen with all the with all the gremlins and kind of seeing how the movie pulled my kids along. My son almost gave up on it. He almost ran out of the room at one point um, during the science uh, teacher scene. That and, is probably the scariest part Yeah, of that's the, movie. the scariest the movie it gets. And I was like, <laughs> I made him come back in and give it a shot. No pun intended. Um, but uh, but they, they, they had a good time with it. My daughter was like 100% invested squirmed and kind of would come over near me right at the right times and squeeze my arm and then once the mayhem happened they were they were both just laughing and eating it up and cheering cheering gizmo along and it was just a fun time um with my kids so my daughter's all up for gremlins 2 my son he's on the fence he he may be gremlins 2 is uh i think it's that's a straight-up comedy yeah it's more of a straight-up comedy there's no like really scary moments other than maybe when the thing does turn into a spider. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we did have a. Uh, where are my kids at? We did have a little Santa Claus scare uh, because there is a scene where it gets dark. Where um, the the girl, um, what's her name? What's what her Phoebe name? Cates? Phoebe Cates. Mm. Where she's explaining about how her dad died, and she talks about that. It's that's, fucking terrible. And that's the last. That's the last time I believe that's the same. That's probably the scariest, scariest that part of the movie. That is dark, and I totally forgot about that, and both my kids looked at me with, like, kind of horror in their eyes that, you know, when she said there's no Santa. But I explained to them that because that bad thing happened, uh, she just couldn't believe in Santa Claus anymore. You know, and, BJ uh, uses that yeah. as her monologue when she, like, tries out for shit. Oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah. It's, that, that scene, it, it really has almost no place in that film. You know what I mean, it but fits, it's, it's 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 a it's such a great it's such a great little monologue there. Um, 
it's so dark. It's so dark and just heavy, you know, right before the movie gets batshit crazy, you know. It's almost maybe they needed that to kind of transition into the batshit craziness. But uh, anyway, Gremlins holds up. Um, yeah, of course. A, a great uh, great way to introduce your kids to horror. Brad, have you done – I know somebody uh, sent me a link. Have you done any lists on uh, on movies to introduce kids, you know, good kid horror movies? Um, no, but I'm willing to. Maybe you should. Yeah, because I, I have a lot – I have a lot that are – very unknown. So um, I got a great response on my Kitty Killer yeah. uh, list because I had some really crazy movies on there that, you know, it's, that's the thing I'm going, I'm not doing it to be pretentious or like, look at me, I know more than you. But I, I really fucking get tired of these lists that it's well, like all the same stuff all the time. 25 horror films you've never heard of. The Shining. <laughs> Psycho. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's insulting to, you know, just normal people reading it, let alone, like, horror fanatics. Yeah. You know, the top ten movies that will scare the shit out of you. The Exorcist. The Conjur- yeah, The Exorcist. <laughs> the Sinister. The Conjuring. It's like, why don't you, like, when you literally tell me, hey, give me movies I've never heard of, like, I, re- I want to go out and try to find them because – if you're saying that they're good and never heard of, that's a challenge. So I want right. to see it. Yeah, and I, I and, think we've all and seen that's the whole point. Yeah, you know. Well, most of us, the- most of us have seen so much, you know, or heard of so much. Yeah. Maybe haven't got around to seeing them, like me. But um, it's it's always fun to to discover. Like we don't we we all may have seen a whole a shit ton of movies, but yeah. we still want to discover new stuff. And I just I just I just get tired of lists. Like doesn't really do anything, even for you know. Yeah, want to like want to be like more knowledgeable horror fans that are like up and coming, like even kids. Yeah, you know, this fucking BuzzFeed list. Have Ugh. you seen these fifty movies? Yeah, fucking they're on fucking TBS. You dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, you know. So well, like, I, I set out to make that list to make it. You know, I, of course, I have some you know bigger bigger movies in there, like The Brood, and you know, yeah, you know, this is stuff like the the Children, you know, two thousand eight Children. But I also have some like extremely rare obscurity movies in there like alien zone that shit i don't even know where you can fucking find them <laughs> you know i have it i have it on tape but right. like fucking find alien zone and let me know that you actually found it that'd be amazing which is also known known as alien zone such a dumb name for it it's originally titled house of the dead oh um which is basically this guy who gets trapped in this he's cheating on his wife and he gets trapped in this house because he's trying to like escape through the back door goes inside this house to like you know wait for everything to cool down and then he meets this person that starts unraveling these like crazy stories that actually happen in the house there's this really fucking terrifying kid sequence (laughs) like it's legitimately legitimately like kind of unnerving Nice. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I'll, I'll do a kids list because there's there's a bunch of shit. That'd out be there good. That I mean, I'm I'm like my daughter is getting so into it. I want to kind yeah. of bring her through and kind of introduce her into some things. Paper House is on the list for me and her to watch. Um, <laughs> Poltergeist yeah. remake is on the list for me and her to her to watch. Maybe my son, if I can talk him into it. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, that's how I started off Stuff Willow. Like yeah. I mean, that's how I start off because I was very careful. Like I plan it all out because I didn't want to. You know, there's too many people, even adults, that you listen to. Is like, all oh, my mom or dad made me watch that movie. 
and, <laughs> it, and now they don't like horror films. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's like eating that food that you never wanted to eat. Like Janice has this thing with like smacks. Like her babysitter used oh, really? to make her eat smacks, oh, and now she can't even stand the sight of them. Yeah, so my, my son... was all wrong about making people watch yeah. horror films, so I really eased her into it, like kind of with like kind of action-adventure stuff, you know, building up to like Monster Squad was kind of the main thing, mm-hmm. seeing how she handled that. And she I mean, she watched that when she was like four or five. Yeah, my kids have seen you know? Monster Squad. So, so. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll put see. A list together. We'll see. My my son, my son, probably not not so much. If if he doesn't want to watch any of these, like I'm like, dude, cool, go in the other room and play some Minecraft. He may come around. I I came around to horror late, so yeah, um, yeah nothing I mean, wrong with that. So yeah. we'll see. But my, right now, my daughter's Everybody, enthusiastic about yeah. it, so I gotta I gotta you know we gotta rein in that enthusiasm and, and kind of yeah. guide it along. Everybody uh, reacts differently, so you just yeah. have to you know. My daughter said that uh, one night. When I was watching a Chucky movie, um, she came downstairs, and um, I must have, I must have fallen. Bless you, I must have fallen asleep during the movie, and she watched part of uh, Child's Play. Apparently, nice. Yeah, I was like, well, I go, I was like, well, it wasn't scary, right? She's like, well, kind of, but it was a puppet. I'm like, oh, dude, exactly. that's the one movie that really fucked me up <laughs> as a kid. Like, that's the only movie that really scared me as a kid. Really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and now I'm 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 cool with it, of course, but like it was just like that movie kind of really did me in. But I saw it when I was like, you know, 4. Yeah, I can I like if I show Noah that right now, he cuz he doesn't understand like the difference between like, you know, he would probably be scarred for life. Right now he probably cannot stand trees cuz I think that moment meant like the next day he was like, "Daddy, scary trees. Watch out for his trees." <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move into this, man. Um, let's jump into your Fantastic Fest report. Yeah. So. Got to find some music for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Fantastic Fest. Everybody hears about the movies because, you know, we're kind of the first to see them. You know, it's definitely a a premiere, world premiere you know, festival other than TIFF, um, a lot of U.S. premieres more more or less because uh, TIFF sometimes gets them, gets them first. But for the majority of a lot of stuff, it's the world premiere of a lot of these films. Um, but, you know, every site, everything kind of does, you know, the, the movies. Uh, Fantastic Fest is experience. Uh, I like going to hang out with my friends more, more than anything kind of movies come second um the experience of fantastic fest is just overwhelming and it is so much fun that that is what makes you go you know who cares what movies are playing you know it's 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 about hanging out with your friends and what you're going to do and the crazy activities that tim league who is basically running this thing is going to come up with um every year it's an event and it's not the same every year that's the coolest thing about it there's a couple traditions but for the most part like it's new every year so you're not going to get the same thing um for example this year uh, let me let me start off with kind of the tradition for uh the most part um what we all do is Fantastic Fest usually starts on the Thursday. It's the, you know, the last last Thursday of the end of the month in, in September. So 
yeah, I think it was, yeah, the last, this time it was because it rolled over into October this year. Um, <coughs> so anyways, usually, <coughs> damn, most people try to get there on Wednesday. Um, the fest starts on Thursday. Uh, Wednesday you roll in, try to roll in early because it's tradition to go to Salt Lake, um, which is a restaurant not in Austin. It's, you know, a few, you know, a few miles out kind of in fucking nowhere. Um, but it's this huge fucking barbecue place. When I say it's Ugh. huge, I mean, this thing probably seats a fucking thousand people. I see pictures and I get just so jealous. It's ridiculous. It's, it's expensive for the most part, um, because they do parties. Um, so we have, you know, um, my buddy JC actually put together the party. It, ours was a little smaller this year, but we still had maybe about, you know, 35, 40 people in our group. And sometimes we could have up to like 75. And, you know, I knew even one year we probably like had a hundred. <laughs> um, but everybody, like everybody that's close in the circle, you know, comes, I mean, we've had, you know, AJ Bowen there with us, which he was actually here this time. Um, just for Salt Lake. Apparently I think he married his friends in Austin. So he like came down, he was only there for a night. Um, but Elijah Wood comes and just, you know, those are like the two main people that come to hang out um, for Fantastic Fest, even if they don't have a movie there. Bria Grant is usually uh, there with her brother Zane, uh, which they were there this year. Um, so, yeah, p plenty of people come by just to stop and uh, check out movies because they're movie lovers. So, yeah, Wednesday night you do Salt Lake. It's about – I think it runs about $40. Uh, for your plate, and it's literally all you can eat until you fucking get the meat sweats <laughs> and you pass out. Uh, you bring your own beer, like in a cooler. Um, everybody like packs up coolers, and you bring your own beer. I mean, you can get drinks there, but they allow you to bring your own beer on the premises. Oh, that's nice. Um, you know, set your cooler down at your table and just fucking drink. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, uh, coleslaw, pickles, onions, um, you know, ribs brisket, uh, you know, um, potato salad, and you just eat until you're fucking sick. That's the whole thing. It's like most people don't eat at all that day just so they can eat Salt Lake to get your $40 worth. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, uh, do two different things. It's usually this is where the group divides is that you go to Pinball's Arcade, which is uh, in Austin, which is literally a pinball um arcade like pinball machines from the 70s even to newer shit um and they have other games as well you know like skee ball and you know uh, guitar hero and you know that kind of stuff um or you can go miniature golf at the peter pan um uh, golf course uh two two different things even some people just go home because it's an early early start in the morning so you know you know you go to go to bed you wake up it depends on what they're doing for opening uh, night film. Sometimes they might play one film or two films. Sometimes movies start at like five. Uh, this year they t technically didn't have an opening movie. Um, they considered kind of Laser Team the unofficial opener, which is the Rooster Teeth movie. Um, but that's pretty much it. Um, so this year wasn't – they didn't have a big opening – Personally, I think what happened was because the opening theme party was a huge Christmas party. Like, they had fucking 
Santa Claus, they had, you know, the big throne that Santa sits on. Everybody was dressed up as elves that worked at the draft house, you know, uh, Christmas stockings everywhere, Christmas food, you know, a whole fucking buffet of, of food in the lobby after the movie, um, Christmas trees, uh, Christmas light, just a full thing. So what I personally think happened is that they were trying to get Krampus to play as opening night film. And I think something probably fell through and they already had all this Christmas shit and they were like, Oh, what the fuck are we going to do with it? Let's just have a Christmas party. So, um, the, the Christmas Christmas party happened opening night. And that's, that was, that's always fun because it's definitely an experience. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times they just have free beer and free drinks, uh, free beer galore at fantastic fest. So if you're a beer drinker, you're in for a treat. Is you're going to love or dislike Shiner by the end of this festival. I love Shiner. Um, you get a lot of free Shiner because Shiner su- sponsors the festival. Oh, nice. So there'll be like, you'll be just hanging out in the highball, which is kind of the restaurant slash club slash, you know, dance floor slash karaoke place slash sit down and eat breakfast thing where the Fantastic Fest arcade is. Highball's everything. So, um, you'll just be standing there and a woman will walk up like with six shiners in an ice bucket and say, here you go, you know, and you don't pay for anything. Like it's just all free. So, uh, definitely people like shiners. It's, uh, <laughs> definitely for them. Um, you know, other things that happen at fantastic fest in one thing that is my biggest concern is the fucking flu. Uh. Um, pretty much everybody gets sick by the end of fantastic fest. I mean, all of us are running on, you know, three, four hours of sleep, um, you know, our immune system's down. We're pretty much all from, you know, a different state. So our bodies are getting used to the air. Um, and we're also also close to one another uh, during the whole festival within the theater. <laughs> right. So germs just kind of linger. Um, pretty much everybody I know and hung out with got sick. And <laughs> I'm one of them, too. So you always yeah, have the stop, flu. Stop making out with each other. Well, there, that's impossible. There's, <laughs> there's plenty, plenty of sex at Fantastic Fest. Hmm. Um, you know, another cool thing that happens at Fantastic Fest is called the Fantastic Feud, which is um, something I didn't go to in the beginning, but I've come to like it a lot more. Um, they pit, uh, you know, a selective number of people. Usually, it's five versus five. It used to be U.S. versus versus uh you know the the foreign we you know the foreigners the not usa which is always funny because you know it's just you know todd brown who does the international programming so we have the you know u.s team and the international team um which everybody wants the usa you know we chant usa usa through the whole feud but scott weinberg hosts it he always does a fabulous job he's fucking super good at it um my buddy max does questions and they just pit five against five and on the board, they have, you know, uh, two two categories to choose from, and whoever wins wins, and it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> like, I mean, everybody's drinking. Um, this year, they didn't do international and U.S. team; they did women versus men, oh, which was a lot man. of fun. So, uh, Britt Hayes was on the team. Clark Wolf, Jenny Amato, um, another girl. I oh, uh. uh Kareen, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she directed Girl Fight in the Invitation because the Invitation was there, and Roxanne Benjamin was on the um, 
the ladies team and I can't, I don't know the guys that were on the guys. I just know Todd Brown and Elijah Wood were two of them on the male team. Um, but males won. I, by technicality, I think the females should have won anyway. <laughs> but, you know, they do questions, you know, beer is thrown, food, um, slurs, everything you can imagine. It, um, it must just stink once everyone leaves. <laughs> Fan, well, that's another thing. Fant- <laughs> Fantastic Fest. There's a lot of people that don't bathe. Um, you know, I, not, not, I said this in tried to be in the nicest way possible when I was tweeting is that <laughs> uh, Fantastic Fest has a lot of PSAs like, you know, about Fantastic Fest or about not talking. There needs to be one on hygiene because there's a few and by a few, I mean a lot of people that don't bathe or change their clothes or whatever. I don't know what happens, but the smell of BO is so fucking bad sometimes like it's to the point where it turns your stomach. <laughs> so that's one thing you have to deal with. So um, by day four, it's really bad. Um, <clears throat> another thing that's a lot of fun is um, karaoke apocalypse, mm. which my uh, friend Allison Murphy um, uh, hosts herself with uh, a live band on stage. So oh, nice. The, they have about 100 songs that you can choose from. You sign up and the band plays them and you sing. It's a really fucking good time, um, you know, a good time for the drunk people to embarrass themselves, and that's what it's all about. Karaoke is about embarrassing yourself. Except Sam Zimmerman from uh, used to be Shock to Your Drop, and now he's like a curator at Shutter. He did the best rendition of Bloodstains uh, by Agent Orange I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> he did fucking great. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's just, it's just a fun time to watch people just get up there and sing and, you know, sing along. And I lost my voice that night cause I was singing. There was this lady that got up, she was like a bartender and she sang hearts alone and she fucking crushed it. Like she hit those high notes like a motherfucker. It was great. Um, another thing that happens is, uh, the fantastic debates, which is basically a boxing match. Um, they take uh, people that want to take a topic and debate about it in the ring and then box it out at the end. Um, this year, uh, I know Joe Bigos, the director of Almost Human in the Mind's Eye, boxed Mickey Kidding that did uh, Darling and uh, Pod. Um, basically, Cronenberg versus Lynch, like who is a better filmmaker? And so they basically stand at their podiums, they argue, they have, you know, their side tells their story, their side tells their story, and then they get in the ring and they box it out. Uh, This is something that I normally don't go to because there's too many movies playing. I don't want to miss it. So I usually watch the highlights like on YouTube the night after. Uh, I think the funniest one, though, is they always have a really funny one, Um, was Andre Gower, who plays the lead kid in the Monster Squad. Um, box the internet. One of the ladies, the international programmer for uh, for Fantastic Fest, who is saying the Goonies is better than Monster Squad. Oh. <laughs> so they they argued that out, and then they boxed at the end, and he beat her up. Um, <laughs> so, but it's all it's all in good fun. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just you know, uh, Nick Rob boxed somebody else too. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a it's it's fun to watch the highlights. Um, I wish I still would have went to. 
Devon Farachi fought Joe Swan Swanberg. Oh, and if people don't know who Joe Swanberg is, he's you know a, a independent filmmaker who makes a lot of mumblecore movies. Well, he was saying mumblecore is great, and then Farachi was calling it grumblecore, um, which he's just being a dick like he usually does. So uh, they boxed. I didn't know how big of a dude Joe Swanberg is. This guy <laughs> is huge, and he fucking leveled Devin Farachi. Like, to the point where Devin Farachi fell on his knees and, like, fell over. Oh, wow. Like, Joe Swanberg's a huge fucking guy. But, anyways, he doesn't look that big, like, in the movies and stuff, but he's a fucking fairly big guy. Yeah, he always looks kind of kind of little. Yeah, but he's he's not. I don't know if he beefed up for the fight or what. But it, always <laughs> always a fun thing. Uh, I heard it's fun to go, but like most of these events taking take place during movies. So if it's up against the slot of a movie you really want to see, sometimes you have to skip out. Yeah. Um, and then you know, of course, there's parties every night, uh, free food, free beer, everything you can think of in between. Basically, you um, gain about fifty pounds. Yeah, really yeah, fantastic. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty tough. Uh, then the you know they have a big closing night party. The closing night uh, film this this time was Bone Tomahawk, you know Kurt Russell's new movie. And then we went to a ghost town Ooh. where um, every there's literally a ghost town, and uh, it was I think it's a place to film movies like westerns and shit is what it looked like. So it's basically this vacant town and inside every building they had an activity going on which is really badass like it was one part where i was just kind of weirded out and scared because um i met up with john portanova who's been on the show a couple times um you know he, he came in for the last day of fantastic fest and you know he went to the party and we walked into this one this one it was like uh it wasn't the church they were actually playing the devil's rain movie in the church it was pretty funny nice yes um, i saw some pictures uh tom Tom Nix, I think, was uh, tweeting. Yeah, pictures. yeah. So he went into this, and there's just this, you know, like banjo, accordion, you know, uh, upright bass guitar band just playing like hillbilly music. And I'm like, man, I really feel like I'm going to fucking die in a cult right now. <laughs> this is what this is, feels like. And the whole night felt like that. It was great. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, you know, a big party, all, you know, basically free beer, free food. You know, stuff like that. Tim League always goes out of his way um, to give some of the best parties. Um, so that's it, pretty much it. I mean, you have the Fantastic Fest Arcade, which, you know, gamers get to bring their own games before they hit or get picked up by, you know, a major company. Um, they have the Fantastic Fest Arcade that Wiley Wiggins hosts. People don't know Wiley Wiley Wiggins is. He was the lead in Dazed and Confused. Um, he leads the Fantastic Fest arcade in uh, in Austin uh, during Fantastic Fest. Sweet. So that's um, you know, that's a big thing, and um, yeah, that's pretty much Fantastic Fest in in a nutshell. Um, one thing I did want to focus on and spend a little bit extra time on is that they always have kind of a you know, I think they had a couple DJs this time, but they always have kind of a band. Or, you know, something going on. Well, this year, they had this band called Itchy-O. I did not know anything about Itchy-O. I just heard Itchy-O, and I was like, okay, cool. So I was in a movie, and I got out, and um, I was walking in the lobby and met up with my buddy Pete Hall. 
And I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's, like, sweating profusely. He's like, man, I just went in uh, at the highball. Ichio's playing. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, what, what's going on? He's like, you have to actually see it to believe it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I go in, and all I hear is tribal drums. And it is just loud. And there's just a ton of people in there. And it is, like, probably 100 degrees. And people are dancing around. Ichio, I don't know how many band members there are. I would at least say there's at least between 16 and 20. (laughs) Um, But they are a heavy metal marching band wow so it sounds like a fucked up football game and they have about seven members on stage three members like playing like big fucking you know conga drums like a bass player two guitarists and then the rest of the band is amongst the crowd (laughs) they are they have their drum sets like on their shoulders like you know high school marching bands yeah and others have these fucking huge speakers that are attached to the back, projecting the music that's being played on stage. Oh, my gosh. So your mind is melting <laughs> because this guy next to you, and the coolest part about it is that they'll corner you so you can't escape. <laughs> they'll all, and, and they're scary looking because they're all dressed in black. They have black face masks on. You can't really see their eyeballs. Nice. And they're completely covered. And they have these, like, big black sombreros that light up. And then they have this two-person Chinese dragon thing in the crowd dancing the whole entire time. Like, literally a Chinese dragon dragon jumping up and down, dancing, pushing you down, and everything else. And these people walking around on keyboards with giant speakers on their back trying to creep you out. Like, it is a fucking blast. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life, and I can't believe these guys aren't bigger because they're really fucking good on top of it. All I know is that night, my Instagram feed was all Ichio people in the crowd at Ichio. It was like... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) That's all I saw that night. No one knew. No (laughs) one knew. Like, it was just one of those things like, well, when they get here, we'll figure it out. But man, when they got there, Ugh. like the one guy is riding a bicycle around with fucking speakers attached to it in the crowd. Wow. And like they're just walking around like they would go out in the lobby with everybody else or go outside, keep playing the music. Like they're so interactive. And like I'm not – it's not exaggeration. There has to be at least 17 to 20 people in this band. It's amazing. Yeah, you just look them up on YouTube, just type in Itch.io, and it is fucking just like how it is. I'm assuming they're more of a live band. Yeah, yeah, uh, because I honestly think <laughs> they would just sound too much like a marching band if you listen to them. <laughs> like, their uh, stuff on their Spotify, they have Spotify, um, their music on Spotify, and it's just, it sounds like high, high school football music. I mean, it sounds good, it's pretty, you know adrenaline pushing but for the most part it's just you know is there lights and stuff like that or not like laser light show but they have a light show too oh god yeah dude there's so much going on <laughs> like there's a lot going on during the show hold so, on i just found them on youtube no one can hear this but i'm listening to them right now so yeah it sounds um, like a marching band yeah it's a marching band but it's i mean being that they have kind of the drummer and you know of course they have multiple drummers like 10 right. drummers but they have, um, you know, a guitarist and a bass player 
yeah. uh, on stage too. But it's so fucking good. Um, it just it just looks like just a big party. It is it's what it is. It's just a big party, but the music like it's amazing how well they work off one another yeah. without being up on stage and because I mean all that noise has to be projecting here and there, right? You know. Like musicians usually have earpieces in to hear the other musicians to see where they are. These guys are just like, let's fucking drum. So, thirty-two piece band. What? It it, I it says here that they're a thirty-two piece marching band. Yeah, thirty-two seem thirty-two seem maybe they like switch in and out. Maybe thirty-two thirty-two seems a little much, but (laughs) they must have reserves. I wouldn't really be surprised if there wasn't because I I was just in the back. Yeah, and there was at least five of them or six around me. So they're probably (laughs) even more up above. I have no. They're all over the. Well, who knows where they are? If it's dark and everything. Yeah. So I guess you could have thirty-some people. They're like little ninjas because that's what they look like. (laughs) They all look like ninjas. That's so, incredible. That's bucket list. I need to go uh, to an itchy-o event. I'm not going to yeah, call it a concert. Event. Apparently, they only play like in Denver, um, they Colorado. Played, really? It looks like they played L.A. Well, I mean, there's special guest spots. I mean, obviously, like Austin, Texas. But yeah. it looks like they're mainly they're based Denver in based, Denver. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, such a such an experience. And okay? They need to come. They need to come back every Fantastic Fest. You gonna be okay? Why? Are you gonna die on me? I could. <laughs> I tell you, man, having the flu sucks. Yeah. Sorry um, for everybody that's listening to me cough, oh, dude. But... It's not too bad. I, I'll take coughing rather than like somebody like sniffing and harking, horking. Uh, well, that's the freaking... reason why I wanted to push off the recording because the other day I was sniffing like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. For, now it's just a dry crap. cough. There you I'm go. I'll, getting... I'll take a dry cough. As long as you don't die. Cool. Or or fall asleep. Uh, um, it's it's getting late for you right now. Uh, yeah. So let's get fat- to let's get to the some of your favorite films. Uh, the films worth mentioning. Sure. Right. Um. Yeah. Let me. Uh, films let to be look. on the lookout for this next year because there's yeah, films so that were on that were that debuted Fantastic Fest last year just finally getting releases like today. Yeah. Like Deathgasm's so, finally getting a release. Nine ninety nine on Hulu. South by, South by, South by the way, I'm not fantastic. Oh, South by South by. But uh, yep. Death, Deathgasm is nine ninety nine right now. Yeah, for Deathgasm's a blast to own it on HD digital. Yeah, I'll tell you the things that play at South by get distro a lot quicker than the stuff at Fantastic okay, Fest. Gotcha. Some of the films that played at Fantastic Fest still haven't been out yet. <sighs> so, but anyways, I'll go through the ones worth mentioning. Um, as a total, I saw 33 films, um, at Fantastic Fest, uh, which I would consider this year, um, one of the best years for me, uh, programming wise, uh, last year I thought was great. This year there was a lot of films that I truly loved, um, and a lot of films I wanted to see. So we'll go through this, uh, quickly. Um, thing is, is a lot of the films I did like, so, um, I'm going to be mentioning a lot here. Uh, move probably fairly quick over some of these. Um, the Lobster was one of the very first films I saw. It's by the director of um, Dogtooth, which should tell, if anybody has seen Dogtooth, you kind of know what you're getting in for. Except this is uh, Dogtooth, but with an American cast, like John C. Riley and Colin Farrell, 
who do a fabulous job. It is uh, about people that are lonely, who can't find a loved one, who go to a resort, and you have 30 days to find a partner. If you don't find your partner, you get to turn into an animal of your choice. Hmm. Um, it's a very, very <laughs> unique pres- uh, uh, premise but very heartfelt and charming and just really fucking weird. Um, but definitely one of the better films um, that I saw at Fantastic Fest just because it's it's just very funny. Like, it's just a very, very funny movie. Um, What's the name of that again? The Lobster. That's the right. Lobster. Everybody get a pen and paper out, seriously. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cheat, track these down. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, some of these films you won't be able to really see for a while uh, some are out uh, as of right now others um will probably be a year you yeah. know or, or even more year next i saw in 2011 wasn't released till 2013 you know so that that kind of shit happens um one that is out um in theaters right now um draft house films picked it up it's called the keeping room it is a um, a southern story uh, set back in the day with three women who are taking care of their home themselves and come in contact with some not so nice dudes and kind of becomes kind of a survival uh, thing for them. Not as exciting as I made it sound, but um, definitely Britt Marling is the lead, which she's super cute and a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Yeah. And she's always actress. pretty good in whatever she's in. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, next was, I forget what country this is from. Uh, Demon, which was kind of a fun take on a paranormal experience, um, kind of a haunting. It is kind of all takes place at one night during a wedding. Hmm. So while everybody's occupied drinking and having fun, some demonic shit is going down. You'll like this next one. So next up... um, the Wave, which was directed by Roar Uktang, Uckard, something like that. <laughs> He's <laughs> the guy, director, he, director of Fritzvich, uh, Fritzvilt. Yeah, uh, Cold Prey Cold and a uh, movie called Escape. Yeah, Escape's badass. If you, have, if you guys haven't checked out Escape, uh, it's awesome. So you have The Wave, um, which is a natural disaster movie done right, quote-unquote. Cool. Um it has the melodrama, and <clears throat> it literally has a 15-minute disaster um, <laughs> and kind of just focuses on characters and stuff like that. Kind of not my bag, per se. Hmm. Um, Darling, which is uh, Mickey Keating's uh, new movie, which is a black-and-white, suspenseful thriller, horror, noir with The Shining, Psycho, and Repulsion all mixed into one another. It's hmm. truly fascinating. Uh, Ashley uh, Ashley Lauren Carter is in it, and she's she is so pretty. It's ridiculous. You get lost in her eyes like a so quick. But um, does a great job. Definitely, um, Mickey Keating is going to be one director to look out for. Dude's like twenty five. This is like his third movie, and none of his movies are the same. Nice. Um, 
I recently just watched his other movie uh, after I saw because I saw Pod at South by. Mm-hmm. So when I heard Darling was playing here, I was like, okay, another horror film by the same guy. No way, shape, or form, this is anything like one another. Dude's got talent. Young kid. He's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be big time soon. Guaranteed. Sweet. Isn't is Pod available on streaming? <clears throat> yeah, it's on VOD. Nice. Okay. Next is a movie called Victoria. This was an experience. Victoria is a two and a half hour movie that is entirely comprised of one shot. Wow. It is a movie about a woman that gets involved with some bank robbers. It is unbelievable. Um, it's really hard to believe they did all this in one take, but that's what they said they did. Um, some of the bravest choices of filmmaking I've ever seen. So many chances to fuck up. Um, super fucking intense. I I honestly don't know how they did it. Um, but it is a fucking blast and a hell of a good movie. Um, so definitely mark that down for ambitious filmmaking, number one. Number two, it's a great movie, and your actors are fucking phenomenal um, because the chemistry between everybody works so well. For a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you're not bored at all, and the movie feels like it's like 50 minutes. Wow. It moves so quick, and it's so fucking intense. So good. Um, another film that I saw that art exploitation, I actually hung out with Eric Bressler oh, when nice. I was there. Um, hung out with Bria Grant uh, a tiny bit. You said I had drinks with Bria Grant. People would be upset if they knew I had drinks with Bria Grant. <laughs> oh, was um, it uh, just just you had, I had you drinks just a camera? Just camera no, okay. I got to talk to Bria for a little bit gotcha, just okay. because we were always in. I kept on like you know texting her. I was like, hey, you know, doing this, and then she was always in another movie. Apparently, she brought her mom, which was super cute. She brought her mom <laughs> nice. and her brother. Um, but yeah, uh, hung out with Eric Wrestler uh, a little bit, and two films that I saw there that they are distributing. Uh, Der Bunker is one, and the other one is German Angst. Uh, eh, on German Angst, that's all I'm going to say. That was a big letdown for oh, the really? people that were behind it. Yeah, very, very tame and way too polished. Um, Der Bunker, though, is fucking hysterical. It is this guy who's looking for an apartment to work on his work, and he comes across... A family of weirdos, and it is fucking hysterical. That's all I'm going to say. It is delightfully charming and so fucking weird. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a big hit for our exploitation coming up. Uh, that should be released. Sweet. I think this year, I think. I'm not sure. Um, so a movie called Dog Legs about uh, an underground wrestling ring for disabled people. Hmm. This goes for people that are paraplegic to mental retardation. This is the documentary? To, yep. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, very, very odd and hmm. kind of hard to watch sometimes because you're watching able-bodied people beat the shit oh, out shit. of paraplegics. <laughs> okay. I thought it was – okay, never mind. I thought it was like, you yeah. know, kind of like Special Olympics where everyone's kind of on the same playing field. Nope. Oh, nope. Okay. No, you you literally have this one guy who is only can move his head and he can like move his leg a little bit goes against like a 300 pound woman who just like steps on him and 
kicks him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty hard to watch. Wow, okay. Um another film I watched uh was Camino. Um Zoe Bell and Nacho Vigalondo. So much potential in this movie, but it kinda fell flat for me. Um accelerated media's putting it out, so you should be able to see that soon. Uh What We Become was so goddamn generic. Um it's an infection movie and it plays out like wow. every infection movie. Just watch Contagion. My buddy uh, said I was going to quote my buddy Jay Hawkinson, who's Slee Stack on Twitter. He made a really good point. He said it seems like a little excerpt out of World War Z, <laughs> um, which is very true. Um, one movie that I absolutely loved and adored, it's in my top ten, was The Devil's Candy, which um, is uh, directed by Sean Byrne, who did The Loved Ones from a few years back. Um, he is back with a fucking heavy metal horror film that is fucking incredible. Um, it stars Ethan Embry, who is doing a phenomenal job. He's killing at, it, man. In, in genre films. Yeah. Like, he is coming back, and he is fucking relentless. And this movie has the best fucking family that you, like, we talk about family and horror films. Like, this is, by God, the cutest and sweetest, like, family, um, I've seen in a while who's this dad. He's the dad. He's fucking Ethan Embry's fucking hardcore heavy metal. His like 13 year old daughter. She loves metal. And his wife like is all like, you know, nice and pristine, but she's got like the blue streak in her hair that, you know, Hey, I used to be metal, but not anymore. <laughs> um, who come in contact with a house that possesses people hmm. and they fight for their life for some shit that's going down. Sweet. Uh, really, really great movie. Great fucking soundtrack. I usually don't like Metallica, but Metallica fucking works in this hey, movie. The Black Album <clears throat> is my favorite album. So, um, one uh, next up is it's toss up between these next two being my number one and number two of Fantastic Fest, and also probably going to be up there with me for the year. Um, first one, mainly people have heard of already. It's called The Witch. Yeah, um, I... it's about a family that is banished from the town who is shunned away into their little house who is being haunted by something in the forest. Is this take place in like uh, Middle Ages type or or like uh, Puritan times or something like that? Yeah, yeah, like the 1800s, 1800s. Like pilgrims. And okay, shit. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> something so, like that. It is like to me. It takes a lot for me to get scared. It takes a lot for me to be unsettled. And this movie did all those things. Um, people are reading it different ways. A lot of people think it's boring. I think the sense of dread that is built up in this movie until it's fucking bombastic. I said bombastic twice. Damn it. Um, this fucking epic ending, I would can say. And you'll be fucking wanting to worship Black Philip by the end of this fucking movie. Mm. It is so fucking good. Black Phillip is the shit. <laughs> um, so anyways, truly fucking terrifying movie. Like, I haven't been that scared since, and I don't get scared. I'm not, like, fucking biting my nails and fucking shivering. But to the point where I'm, like, really anxious, to the point yeah. where I kind of want the movie to be over because my heart is racing. 
Um, the only other movie that's done that recently is probably Sinister. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell you, man, the last 20 minutes of that movie, I like wanted just to be over because I was getting to that anxious point. Um, <laughs> truly a fucking terrifying movie. So great. Another movie that's terrifying on a totally different level, which is the number one, it won Best Picture for Fantastic Fest. Um, it is getting a wide release on April 15th, but it is uh, Jeremy Saunders' The Green Room, which uh, the oh, director yes. of Murder Party and The Blue Ruin um, is now up with The Green Room. Holy fuck, dude. Like, oh, shit. Like, this... It is about a punk band that plays a show at a skinhead bar. Something goes wrong, and these motherfuckers have to survive the night against a fucking (laughs) army of skinheads. And this shit is so fucking intense, so brutal, so well acted. The script is fucking solid. It is fucking terrifying on a whole different level. And by God, it's a lot of fun. Like, Jeremy Solner is going to be the fucking king of cinema, I guarantee you. <laughs> Between Blue Ruin well, dude, and Blue, this... Blue Ruin, man, that movie <laughs> is so good. All right, amplify that by 10, and that's Green Room. Wow. But it's like that through the whole fucking movie. Wow. It is ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, it's fucking incredible. I'm so happy it's getting a uh, wide release uh, April 15th. Sweet. Limited April 1st and wide April 4th, 15th, I think they said. So hopefully you'll be able to see that at your local cinema. Nice. Um, another film that was completely out of place for me, um, but I truly love this movie. It was... It's so fucking good. It's called uh, Liza and the Fox... Uh, or I'm sorry, Liza the Fox Fairy. It is uh, Hungarian. It is about a super cute girl who is taking care of this old Japanese lady uh, who is a caretaker and her Japanese lady is obsessed with this old Japanese pop singer from the fifties. And so taking care of her, she's kind of had this fascination with him and kind of falls in love with this like dead guy who doesn't exist anymore. Um, but he exists in this other parallel universe and loves that she loves him. And she sings to his records, and the fucking songs are super catchy. And and it's kind of a musical at the same time. Hmm. And being that she wants to meet somebody, she starts seeing all these other people. Well, this ghost of this guy doesn't like that she's seeing other people. So he makes accidents happen. Oh, shit. Um, but it's it's kind of gory. It's kind of... Fun. It's a just a very it's very Jean uh, Jean Pierre Jeunet who did like Amelie and Nick okay. Max very on par with that. Huh. Okay. Is it sty- like stylized the way he, the way? Yeah. Yeah. He very shoots? colorful. Very. Nice. Okay. Very uh, smart. Very cute. Stuff like that. Um, cool. Another film that I saw, The Similars, which is about a kind of a Mex- Spanish Mexican film noir. About a bunch of people that turn out to look the same in a in a in a bus station one night. <laughs> That's all I got on that. <clears throat> um, another film that Draft House Films is rescuing um, is a movie called Dangerous Men. It's from like '89. It's by a filmmaker, John Rad, who is now deceased. Um, his family helped bring this movie together. Wow! It is 
on par with like Miami Connection and stuff like that. Okay. It is a blast. It's super funky. It's super weird. Um, it's just it's just a funny movie because it's so it's just so bad. <laughs> so hopefully people will enjoy it as much as they did Miami Connection. Um, next up was Baskin, which was in my top ten, which is in fucking sane. It is about a group of <clears throat> five police officers who have take Reservoir Dogs but make it a satanic movie. And that's Baskin. Hmm. It is about a group of cops that get their shit into some deep shit and shit goes down and it's shitty. And it is a fucking nightmare like going 100 miles per hour. It is intensive shit. It's really fucking good. Uh, that's all I could say because I don't want to spoil too much. But cool. It's fucking, yeah, it hurts. It's, <laughs> it's a fucking rough movie. Um, next up was a re- uh, remake of Rabid Dogs, which I was a little upset with. Um, they didn't do anything new with the film, which was kind of upsetting because if you watch Rabid Dogs, you know how it plays out. And it plays out like the original Rabid Dogs, um, which was a little upsetting. Um, I was really hoping big things for that. It's got a great soundtrack, though. Looks slick and clean. But it's missing kind of the dirty and assholeness of the original. Um, next up was Gridlocked. Pass. Um, next up <laughs> is... I thought uh, Gridlocked was awesome. <clears throat> I it was, was amazing. Joking. I was joking with that. I was trying to make <laughs> it you this year's John Wick. It is. It is <laughs> it's an experience. It's like every DTV action movie I've ever seen. Nice, okay. Um, Next up was Ben Wheatley's High Rise, which is uh, based off uh, the novel. Um, It is completely different from the book. Uh, It is a nightmare in Ben Wheatley's head, it seems. Uh, It is about a group of wealthy people in a high rise, and shit goes down. If you read the book, you kind of know how it plays out. It plays out the same, but it's almost told as like a nightmare. Hmm. Um, Not a horror film by any means, but just a very odd, oddball movie. But it works. It works really well. Um, Next up was Snyder vs. Bax, which I thought would be more entertaining. It's by the director of Borgman, which I really enjoyed, Borgman. Uh, It's pretty much two uh, assassins that are pitted against one another who battle out in a swamp. Um, but it's not as exciting as it seems or sounds. <laughs> um, next up was Office, which everybody disliked at Fantastic Fest, and I fucking loved it. Oh, really? Um, it is a Korean slasher. It's set in an office building. Um, this one uh, worker goes crazy one night and disappears, and they can't find out where he is, but people keep on disappearing in the office. And it is, I feel it's a huge homage to old slasher films. There's so many, like, little homages, like, from, you know, House by the Cemetery to The Dorm That Drew Blood. Just so many different things to this uh, to this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Most people found it a bore. Um, I thought it was great. Um, so I just, on the minority on that one, which I was surprised. Um, another film that's, I think this is, like, my number three of uh, Fantastic Fest which is uh, called February. Have you heard about this one? Are you there, Sean? I have not. It is um, 
directed by Oz Perkins, who is Anthony Perkins' son. Huh. Um, it is... It's kind of hard to talk about the movie because you don't want to give too much away. It's about two girls that are holding back from uh, like kind of a Christmas um, release hmm. at their school. Um, they're waiting on their parents to pick them up, and some devilish shit is going down behind the scenes. Uh, that's all I can pretty much tell. Um, I know it's getting a release next year, I think in February, um, by Lionsgate, who's A20, or A24, which is Lionsgate. Um, but yeah, it contains one of the most haunting moments in cinema history for me. It fucking gets... I had chills... And I, it's in the screener library um, for, you know, because they send us certain movies uh, before Fantastic Fest so we could watch them so we're not overwhelmed. Uh-huh. And I just keep watching that, like, that 10 seconds over and over and over and over again. <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, next up was by the team that brought VHS, they did a new horror anthology um, called Southbound. Um Roxanne Benjamin, uh, David Bruckner, and Radio Silence got together and made kind of an interweaving um, horror anthology that makes sense and has hmm. a roundabout, which okay. was refreshing. Um, kind of like how Trick or Treat. Um, not as good as Trick or Treat. Well, but I mean, how it, how it, how they yeah, yeah. pieced it together, the structure of it. It's well structured. Um, feels like one movie. Um, has some pretty intense um, sequences and scenes. Um, definitely up there on the horror anthology list. Um, not a, a lot of good horror anthologies these days. This one definitely succeeded at uh, certain things. Cool. Um, next up was Men and Chicken. Um, what, 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 wait, what's that? Men and Chicken. Men and Chicken. Yeah, that um, that mad. That Mars Mads Milkson dude, whoever's in Hannibal. Mads Mikkelsen? <laughs> yeah, that guy. It's a comedy. Um, and I thought it was hilarious for 30 minutes, and I, it took a nosedive. <laughs> I wanted it to be over really, really bad. Wow. Um, I'm not, I was not a fan of the last hour of that movie. It's really funny up until then. It's like a drugged-out Coen Brothers movie, if that ah. tells you anything. Uh, next up was The Club, which is very disturbing. It is about a house that houses priests that have molested young children. Oh, dear God. And Here they all go. live together. And some shit goes down and fucked up shit happens. Nice. I didn't like it. Man vs. Snake, which is kind of the unofficial sequel to King of Kong, which is about a guy who has the high score in Nibbler. <laughs> And the hit line of the movie is, what the fuck is Nippler? <laughs> but you'll find out when you watch this movie. Um, next up was The Mind's Eye, who is the director of Almost Human. Uh, the Mind's Eye is like a fucking fucked up George Jetson 90s Scanners movie. If Scanners 4 <laughs> existed, that would be The Mind's Eye. Wow. I was not too happy with it. I oh, was man. let down. Because Almost Human um, is pretty solid. Yeah, um, it's not that bad. It was just, I was expecting more. Hmm. Um, okay. Sensoria, eh, skip. Um, <laughs> we already talked about Bone Tomahawk. It is fucking 
insane it is a western with cannibals and kurt russell matthew fox richard jenkins david arquette sid haig it is a fucking outstanding cast and a really fucking fun movie that's gonna be out soon i'm told uh don't watch the trailer because it could be spoilery um i didn't watch it but it is it's a big character movie a lot of characters Maybe you spoiled it with talking cannibals. Uh, Patrick, uh, that's in the synopsis, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not a big surprise. I mean, you find out that whenever the movie debuted and they mentioned, they said, fucking Old West movie where they fight cannibals. Okay. Uh, It's pretty much there. I mean... I'm I'm still going to avoid the trailer. I'm 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 going to go in as cold as possible. And Patrick Wilson, too. I forgot to mention him. Sweet. Um, I'll tell you a reason... There's a reason why it's called Bone Tomahawk. Mm. Holy fuck. Um, but it is <laughs> intense as fuck. It is so fucking good. Great Western. It's uh, by the guy who wrote Asylum Blackout, I found out. Huh. After I watched the movie, I was freaking out because it was like, holy shit. I love Asylum Blackout. I talk Dude, about that movie all the time. Kurt Russell's in two <laughs> Westerns uh, this this year. Yeah. That's amazing. He does a fucking great job in this. Everybody does a great job. It is a hell of a story, and oh man, it is fucking best kill ever. <laughs> it wins best kill ever. Nice. Um, and last I can't wait but not least, um, a movie that will go down. I hope this movie makes a huge impact uh, when it's released, but it's called Too Late. It stars John Hawks, who is one of the better actors in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie is another thing that is filmed on 35mm. Who has five takes, five different reels, um, 22 minutes apiece. And it is a story about a man on a journey to find a woman. Hmm. And this movie is fucking gut-wrenching. I <laughs> cried fucking twice in this movie. Really? I wow. I never cry. <laughs> last movie I cried in was Blue Ruin. Hmm. And this movie had me I, not cry twice, tear up a lot one time. Right. And that's this is spoiler free. Uh, John Hawks sings, mm. which I already melt when John Hawks sings because <laughs> I rewatched that scene of Martha Macy May Marlene. Oh man, so good. Because he is he's just he's just a beautiful actor. Like yeah. he's so good at everything he does, and he nails it in this movie but it's one of those movies that we'll have to talk about further because i don't you know you can't give too much away yeah but it's so interesting because you could take those five reels and you can mix them up any way you wanted to and you'd still have the same movie Hmm. interesting like it's a very and it projected on 35 at fantastic fest which was great um but people are comparing it to tarantino um, I wouldn't say that. I just think it's a filmmaker's choice, dialogue wise and storytelling wise. But it is a fucking great movie. Nice. Like it's, I hope it lands hard when it comes out because it should. Because it's fucking incredible. But that's fantastic. That's the movies I saw. Holy best. shit, man! You <laughs> you watch so many movies. <laughs> well, yeah. there's like another seventy movies that played. Yeah, so. that's crazy. Cool. Um, we're. BJ and I were talking last last episode, and uh, you and I have been talking, and I'm thinking, I don't want to, you know, promise 
because you never know how things are going to turn out. But we're going to definitely try to make it this next year and try to do next year and try to do some sort of live podcast. So I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. Sir. Yep. I know. So anyway, um, I really want to go, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. So uh, I thank all you guys for listening. We got to take off. Uh, give our sponsors some love: Coffee Shop of Horrors, GrindhouseVideo.com, Buy Wolfmen of Mars Music, and Buy Kevin Spencer's Art. Uh, you can go to TheScreamcast.com/sponsors. All the info is there. We even got some codes for you to save a little bit of money. Uh, for Coffee Shop of Horrors and Grindhouse Video. And uh, with that, we should all, oh, the gang also, should be back together next week. Go ahead, Brad. Hopefully. I was going to say, um, for those that listen to all the Fantastic Fest stuff, definitely visit the website. Yes. Because there's like a hundred things that I did not mention. <laughs> like events and book sightings and Nicholas Rempen was there. Like a lot of shit happened. Sweet. So. Fantasticfest.com. All right, we will talk to all of you guys next time. Bye-bye. See ya. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. Are you going to leave this part in? I'll just talk. Um, I'm drinking IBC root beer. Which is probably not the best thing in a cold, but uh, everything else hurts to drink. The, the carbonation actually helps your sore throat, it seems. Well, for me, anyway. Um, but yeah. All right, I'm back. Oh, sorry. I was carrying a conversation. With oh, Maria? Yep.